Okay, today we begin chapter 13 of Shemuel Bet. However, there was one very nice concept, Chidush, that our friend here, Moshe, said uh, in Shiur, no, you said, um, that I wanted to repeat because I think it, it gets to the, the real uh, crux of the point of the story of David and Bathsheba. And that is that David Amelech, when he has the second son with Bathsheba, someone sends a Navi, Borei Olam sends a Navi, and someone calls the child. Uh, the beloved of God Whether it's David or Hashem himself Calling him the beloved of God There's a very Important point there And that is that one may have thought That the essence of the relationship Between David and Bathsheba Was flawed and tainted And therefore all of the children Would be flawed and tainted and unworthy But it is Dafka not true It is the opposite It is This is the child that ends up becoming the king of Israel And the child is beloved of God Which is I think the, the most fundamental point is that there is room for forgiveness for even very, very grave mistakes. Right? If a person does true teshuvah, even for fundamental mistakes, those mistakes could turn into something good. They could, they could cause something good if the person does teshuvah. And a person is never, um, what's the, the phrase that the Christians use? Um, uh, Irredeemable. irredeemable and um, there, a person's never tainted with original sin to the extent that they're irredeemable. In Borei Olam's way of guiding the world, there is redemption for everything. A person does teshuvah, you could redeem yourself for anything. To the extent that even yeah. the relationship between David and Bathsheba wasn't inherently tainted forever. Once he did teshuvah, they were able to produce a blessed, beloved child. Um, that was beloved by God Okay So that's I think A very fundamental point To make To close off the story The episode of David and Bathsheba Now We get to a very fascinating part Chapter Yud Gimel begins The We can call the next Let's say seven chapters Of Shmuel Bet Which are going to be The latter half of the book um, All of we, we could call it David's punishment For the story of Bathsheba If you remember When Natan Hanavi came and told David that what he did was wrong and that you behaved like the rich man who stole the sheep from the poor man, he told him that there would be punishment in his house, right? He said, um, you, you are not going to die, right? He said, you're not going to die, uh, but because you violated God's word, this, this child will die. Um, and what else does he say? So he says also that there's going to be bloodshed in your house. I just need to find that pasuk. Here. Um, here it is. Pasuk Yud. Tenth pasuk of chapter 12. It says, And because of what you did by killing Uriah and taking Bathsheba as a wife, there will not be a sword will not leave your house ad olam forever. Ekev ki vizitani because you scorned me. Vatikachet eshet uriachiti and you took the wife of uriachiti liot dechale isha to be your wife. So because you scorned me and you took uriachiti's wife to be your wife, the sword will not leave your household. Now we could say, getting back to what I was trying to say before, that from till the end of the book almost is going to be this punishment that the how the sword will not leave your house. Okay. And he also said in Pasukit Aleph, I'm going to bring evil from within your house. I'm going to take your wives to your eyes. 
David, and I'm going to give it to your close kin, meaning a, rebe- a rebel within your household, and he will be with your wives in front of the son, meaning in public. So again, we're going to see that all of these punishments that were declared by Natan that are going to befall David, these are going to now befall David from chapter 13 and on. Okay? And it was after this matter, after the story of David and Bathsheba, with Avshalom ben David, achot yafa. And to Avshalom, the son of David, was a beautiful sister, Ushmah Tamar. And her name was Tamar, Amnon ben David. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Where else in the Torah does it say, in that same exact, with those same exact nikudot? Oh, Anybody know? For a man loving a woman? No, Yitzchak. He took Rivka and he loved her. Now, is there a relationship between that love and the love of Amnon for Tamar? No, definitely not. Um, I, I don't, maybe you could say that the, there's, it's just a coincidence that the word is the same or there's some hint there. But the nature of this love is going to be different because we're going to, what we're going to see very, very soon is that Tamar's... Uh, the love of Amnon for Tamar was was very much was very much infatuation more than anything. The love of Amnon for, for Tamar was infatuation, and we're going to see that it's infatuation. Um, but Shalom for Tamar. Sorry, uh, Amnon for Tamar. Okay, so Amnon, son of David, falls in love or becomes infatuated with Tamar, the sister of Avshalom. That's what the pasuk tells us. Okay, Amnon, is, the son of David. Okay, now here is the debate amongst the Chachamim and there are various opinions, okay? If you look at, I think, chapter 3 of Shemuel Bet, it tells us that, that Avshalom was actually the son of a specific wife of David who was not necessarily Jewish. He had a wife that the Chachamim say he found her in a war. She was a, a Goya that he found her in war, okay? And... Uh, Avshalom was the son of this woman. Now the question is, the question is, there are some opinions that say that Tamar was the daughter of this woman from her previous marriage before David took her in war. Okay. Meaning Tamar was originally non-Jewish. Avshalom's mother was originally non-Jewish. Tamar and her mother converted when David took her. And then once David took her and she had converted, she had then Avshalom. So Avshalom was Jewish. So Avshalom was fully Jewish and Tamar was a convert. Mm -hmm. Now the reason this is significant is if you say that that's actually what happened, which is one opinion within the Chachamim, that Tamar was a non-Jewish girl that was born to another father and she converted. And then then, uh, Tamar's mother uh, was taken in battle by David, so she had to convert. And then the son of Shalom was fully Jewish because he was the son of a convert. If you say that's the case, then what would be the relationship between Amnon and Tamar, Mike? There would be... If, if, if two siblings can't convert. They're nothing. They're nothing. There's no relation. There's no relation. Okay. So... Like, so, like children. so... So why would it call it Achot? Uh, so that's why, according to those Mepharshim, that's why the Pasuk calls... Her, the sister of Avshalom, instead of the, st- the daughter, daughter of David. David. Okay? Ah, okay, the daughter of David. Now, that's what I'm saying. So, so halakhically, but not, and then 
I think the Radak closed by saying that the Mikra Korela because biologically they're by biologically they are right. So so there are very different opinions, and then there's one opinion that um, Tamar and Amnon, and, and in that case also Amnon, who was the son of another person altogether, had absolutely zero relation to Tamar. They were just they just knew each other because they were both in the kingdom. Got it. Okay, okay. So that's one opinion in which. Is the, is the most kosher opinion in which Amnon is the least incestual. Right. Okay. Now there is another opinion, which is, no, they, all of these people were kids of David. All of these kids were kids of David. Um, and then Abshalom was simply falling in love with his half-sister. That would be the Peshat. The Peshat is that all Tamar and Amnon are all kids of David. And Amnon is basically falling in love with his half-sister in this case, in which case it is very incestual. Okay, so there are opinions within Chazal that make it not incestual. There are opinions that it is incestual. Um, overall, Amnon falls in love with one of the women in the palace. And the Peshat seems to be that it's, the, it's his own half-sister. Okay? Yeah. Okay. And, and Amnon, he, he, became, he struggled and became sick because of Tamar, his sister, ki betulahi, for she was a virgin. Why now, is Tamar such a complex? Why is it a why name? Why do we use name? We don't, don't see we use name in Tanakh often. Yeah, why do we use Dinah? There's no Moshe Rabbeinu in Tanakh. There's no Aaron in Tanakh. Oh, you're saying why is it used by you, Tamar, reused? daughter-in-law of Yehuda, and then reused by thing? Oh, interesting. This is a proof. So there's two Tamars, you say? I'm saying we have Tamar in Yehuda and Tamar. No, we have another yeah. Tamar in the story of David. Okay, but this is an example where they do, so it's interesting. No, there are examples, by the way. There are examples where they use. If you look, uh, somebody proved it to me once. He showed me like random pieces using like Divra Yamim, in which the Jews that are listed are, have very similar names to those in, in, in the Kumash. It has to be this. It's alluding to the story of Yudan Maybe, maybe. That, that could be. It could be relating to the story of Yudan Tamar. I'm not sure. But. Um, so it, it's very difficult for Amnon because he, he becomes sick. Or Tamara's sister For she is a virgin Now why would that make him sick If she is a virgin um, Either because it becomes More desirable to him So the love sickness Is more intense Because she's more desirable Virgin women were more desirable Right yeah. Or typically more desirable That's why, why In, in Islamic culture You got 70 virgins Right yeah. What Why is it No it's trying to explain Why he got so sick over her and because she's, she was a virgin So he became very sick over her Right yeah. The other opinion is because That means that he wasn't allowed to touch her Right If she was not a virgin She wasn't even if She wasn't a virgin She's not allowed to touch her uh, Yeah I know but it's different Meaning she's pure yeah. She's in her sanctity She's uh, You know He can't touch her Okay So it makes him very sick But it was, seemed impossible In the eyes of Amnon To do anything to her How is he going to touch her He's a half sister Who's he even going to talk to, right? Like, how, it's, it's so embarrassing to say, yeah. oh, I have a, he's infatuated with his half-sister. He can't do anything to her, but the infatuation grows so intense that he's getting sick from it. And Amnon had a friend, pretty corrupted guy named Yonadav, Ben Ahi David, who was the son of Shim'a, who was brother of David. And Yonadav was a cunning man. He was a... He's, he's intelligent in a maybe not the most uh, positive way. Why are you so poor and disgraced? Not disgraced, but like I don't know how it translates it. You're you're weakened, son of the king. 
Baboker, Baboker, every day you're like depressed. Dejected. Dejected. Why are you every day so dejected? Hello, Tagidli, tell me, says Yonadav. Amnon, and Amnon says, Tamar, the sister of my brother of Shalom, I really love. I'm infatuated, or in his eyes, I'm in love. Okay? By the way, um, uh, why is he saying the sister of Abshalom? So according to that first opinion, it's maybe because... It's no, no, maybe. But, but according to that first opinion, it's because it wasn't his sister. It was only Abshalom's sister from his mother's side. But the real, I think the real Emet is because as like the leader of his mother's household, Abshalom would, was, was her protector. Right? Abshalom would take care of her. As we're going to see later in the story, Abshalom makes sure she has a place in his own home. He ta- he, it's, it's his sister to take care of And he's going to be the one to get revenge for her Okay Amnon is like shocked Why are you like going after my sister Abshalom Amnon No no Amnon it, it, it seemed impossible in the eyes of Amnon To oh, go Amnon. after her oh. Amnon was the one in love Okay. So Yonadav Now with a hey Says This is what you should do Go on your bed and become sick And act like you're sick then David will come to see you, Amnon. And you'll say, Let Tamar, my sister, come and she will feed me some bread. I, I want to have a, a woman's touch to feel better. So she'll give me some bread. And let her make the birya, some form of fried cake. Let her make the, what, what is it, translate there? Pancake? Let her make the pancake for me. So I should see. And I will eat it from her hand. Meaning, she makes it in front of me. If she cooks it in front of me, then I'll, it'll develop my, uh, my appetite. You know, I'm so sick, I don't have an appetite. But if she comes, it'll develop an appetite for me. And then I'll be able to eat from her hand. Uh, went to sleep. Uh, he went into his bed and he acted sick. And the king came to see him. Say, bring Tamara, my sister. And let my Tamar, my sister, come, and she will make for me two fried uh, levivot pancakes. And I'll eat from her. Honestly, I don't know the difference between levivot and and birya, but but there's some sort of food, right? And he says, let her make for me the, the pancakes, and I'll eat from her hand. So David sent to Tamar back saying, go to the, your brother Amnon's. Uh, house and make him the birya. So Amnon goes to the house of, of uh, uh, sorry, Tamar goes to the house of Amnon and he is lying down there. And she takes the, the dough and she she rips it off. Yeah. Right? And she made it before his eyes and she baked and she cooked the pancakes. And she took the mashret, she took some kind of a serving pan. thing, pan, and she poured it before him. <laughs> he says, oh, I can't eat, I can't eat. Get everybody out of here, I can't eat, this is embarrassing for me. And everybody leaves, so now he has Yichud with Tamar, and they have all those kids. The only thing that's, uh, that's intruding on their Yichud are pancakes. Okay? Uh, that was supposed to be a joke. Okay. Uh, we'll continue and see what happens when they violate the halacha of Yichud. Let's see what happens to people when uh, there is no Yichud kept tomorrow.
Amen ve Amen.